Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. get here into where are we at chapter four yes okay so the value of deliverance so that's what he's talking about so how many know there of course there's value in d- deliverance and he talks about it in his book but like i said i'm not going to quote that much from the book because i want to get this out there um beauty for ashes we've been on the radio about 20 some years and the name of our radio show has always been here comes the bride Nobody had any idea what we were talking about. Here comes a bride. 20 years ago, what are they talking about? Well, this ministry is a forerunner in preparing the people to be the bride of Christ. What's the bride of Christ? It's the closest relationship any human being, and they first have to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. So it's the closest relationship that the new creation in Christ Jesus can ever have to God. In the natural, a husband and a wife the bride and the bridegroom have what should be, and the enemies really attacked this and messed it up, and it's all truly messed up in most families and situations with divorce and all the messed up thinking. But it's supposed to be the closest relationship you can have with anybody, the closest revelation of being one with Christ, the closest understanding of how it works, and, and this this submitted heart of the bride to a bridegroom, but then the bride, the groom wanting to put his wife first, his children first, their protection first, they're taking care of them first. He laid down all his own agenda to take care of her led by Holy Spirit. How could you but submit to that? Unless you got an independent, self-righteous, um, hating man kind of spirit, but that's somewhere on the mentorship page to help you get free from. So anyway, so if I recognize that's natural headship, then what is this headship with Christ supposed to be like? And so what God is going to do in these last days, the apostolic move is going to bring forth a bride without spot or blemish. I personally don't believe it's the whole church, but don't fight me on that. I don't, you know, how, I have one really strong Bible verse spoken by Jesus, and I think he's the cornerstone. He is the cornerstone foundation of every single thing. So I read the gospels first. I see what he actually said and I base everything else on how I interpret it on that. Um, That's the way I do it. I I don't do the thing where they try to teach them in seminary to what they call it first, first time it shows up or something. And then it means that from then on, I look at what Jesus said and then I take and see, well, how does that apply to this? And how does that apply to this? And I build on Christ and his words. Um, that he spoke when he came and shared. I know the whole word is, is brought forth by the Holy Spirit, but what Jesus took the time to say has to be one of the most important things. He says in the scriptures that only half of the virgins have oil to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb which means half of the church, he doesn't say they're not virgins, he doesn't say they're not church, but half of the church is not going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let that sink in. Half of the church is not going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't want to be in that half. Right now, it probably wouldn't even be a tenth of the church if that much. So, What's the key to that in scripture? Make yourself ready. She makes herself ready. She makes herself ready. Our whole Tuesday nights and most of our seminars are helping you yield it to, we yield the Holy Spirit to teach you to yield the Holy Spirit to make yourself ready. Holy Spirit has come to, to bring forth the bride of Christ. That is his main calling um, or his main thing to do right now inside of the new creations in Christ Jesus. He can't even start that process until he gets in. And that's evangelism. And that's when Holy Spirit comes in and you get saved. But 
the bride is not going to be infants. The bride is not going to be children. The bride is going to at least be sons and daughters who've overcome the evil one and have moved into a place of maturity for there to be oil. Now, that doesn't mean somebody who's just saved. If somebody's saved right when Christ calls his church, right? But they have oil because they're right where he wants them to be and they're hungry and, and they've got oil. They're going to come, even if they don't know hardly any of the teaching. So it's about the oil. It's not about how much teaching you've had. It's not about how long you've walked this. It's not even about how holy you are. It's about having oil, which is why you need to get out of those dry churches where you're not getting any oil. It's why, you, and remember in that parable I'm talking about, Jesus makes it very clear. You won't have time to run out and get oil from somebody else. You've got to have your own. If you're, if you're just hanging out with people with oil, it's not going to work when he calls his bride. You can run to church. You can grab on to everybody. Please pray for me. That's not where you get the oil. You get the oil by having a real relationship with the Holy Spirit where he anoints you. He changes you. He sanctifies you. He works in your life constantly. And the, how do you know that's real? Because you're falling in love with God. You're falling in love with the Father. You're falling in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're falling in love with the Holy Spirit. That's how you know. So check out our mentorship page. We have so much teaching to help you with this. Okay. So he talks about that here, that one of the reasons for deliverance and why we should all embrace it. See how the devil doesn't want us to embrace this? He's like, wait a minute. If the bride gets ready, I lose. See, he doesn't want the bride ready. He knows that he gets a thousand years in solitary confinement, <laughs> hell, if the bride gets ready and Christ returns. So he's not trying to, he's not trying to stop a harvest. Because he can't. The Bible prophesies there'll be an end-time harvest. He's trying to take us into the dark ages so the bride can't be made ready. He's trying to shut the mouth of those God's called to um, go in and, and heal the brokenhearted places, set the captives free, open the eyes of the blind, all the things Jesus wants done to make the bride ready. Doesn't that make sense? So, so that's what we've been going through. 2020 was the enemy's big attack that's been set in motion for years. The big attack, we've got to stop the bride. They're talking about the apostolic. They're talking about deliverance. They're setting people free. They're getting mature about this. We've got to stop this. And so a strong antichrist spirit came through all kinds of places, from political to medical, through lawyer, everything. It's just coming everywhere. We've got to stop the bride. If you get that, this isn't about anything except shutting up and stopping the bride of Christ from coming forth with authority and power and light that draws people to God. So don't put out your light. All right. So one reason we're doing this is we want you to be ready. We want you to be one of those that's made yourself ready. All right. He goes on talking about Esther and things. All right. I like this part where he talks um, in his book about um, that demons... So the demons that operate in you, through you, torment you, whatever, these demons are after the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? So you can do a study on that. We don't have time. I have a lot of teaching on it, but we don't have time. But the fruit is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. So the enemy's going to attack those areas of your life. You can tell if you have no joy. If you have no peace, if you're tormented, okay, all those, any area where the fruit of the spirit, you're impatient, you've got rage issues, all those things, where you see that, you have some demonic things going on, okay? Besides blatant sin, blatant sin and bondage and habitual uh, sin that you can't just walk away from shows uh, demonic presence happening in those areas, okay? That's why don't do what the devil says. Don't go back into condemnation. Don't stay away from trying to get free. Don't go hide your head in shame. Just be serious about wanting to be free. Okay? Be serious about wanting to be free. And do what you have to do to fast those activities. If it means get off the internet, put the internet away, then get off the internet. If it means break up with certain people in your life, then separate from those people in your life that are still partying, that are, uh, that are causing you to... Uh, be codependent with that are causing you to be in active sin. 
No matter how much the devil tries to pull you back, you will not get free if you're still playing games where the enemy has placed you to take authority and hurt you. Does everybody get that? That's called discipline yourself. That's called, if you love him, you obey him, okay? If you love him, you're willing to lay everything down for him. That includes relationships, not marriages. Marriages you stay in, and there's a whole teaching on that, unless there is literally uh, seriously physical harm, not just you whining about it. Learn how to bind up the devil. Karen had to bind up the devil before, so certain people she had in her life had demonic spirits. They couldn't hit her anymore. They got frozen. I had somebody try to kill me right in the middle of a meeting one time, and I bound it. They, they got stuck in the air kind of funny and in this crazy pose, and everybody's like, how did they get stuck like that? Okay, we had somebody come in to a meeting uh, we were doing in a um, conference room with probably about 100 people there. He said he was Lucifer was going to kill me. We bound him. He couldn't get close to me. And he actually got thrown into the wall by angels. That was interesting. So don't be afraid of them unless you're bent on sinning. If you, if like, if you want to be a hypocrite, yeah, be afraid of demons because you're serving them. But if you're not a hypocrite and you really want to be free, don't beat yourself up in the process of getting free. Okay? He knows. God knows. Okay? I don't even have to know. God knows if you're seriously trying to get free or if you're not. You just need to sit in there. Am I really seriously trying to get free? So, but one way you can tell that there's demons involved, they go after the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? The gifts are prophecy. Gosh, I, I don't have time to go over. Anyway, you know the gifts, tongues, speaking in tongues. There are a lot of people with fake tongues. I just want you to know it. If you got baptized, if you thought you got baptized in the Holy Spirit to receive tongues, you could have gotten a fake tongue. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about tongues. Tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. But basically, if you have something that hinders you prophesying, it's probably a demonic spirit. If you have something that... Um, makes it so you can never speak tongues or you speak tongues, but it's, it's got something on it and there's no fruit that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You could have asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and really you just wanted tongues so you could be spiritual. That's another, I got so much teaching on this. Anyway, I can't, anyway, demons will hinder you from moving in these gifts. They'll hinder you from maturing in these gifts. I know there's a lot of people, Karen's going to really deal with this and there'll be some other teaching that you guys can find on here, um, coming up, um, and for those who are here, it'll be really good if you come next month. Because the enemy, when he uses oppression, he tries to stop your voice. A lot of people turn to rebellion to get a voice back. And, and whole cultures can turn to rebellion to try to get a voice back. The women's movement, this movement, the black power movement, any movement that isn't about God is not a movement from God. So we want our voices back, but we want them back to glorify God. And so we don't want a counterfeit of getting them back where the enemy releases one demon to bring in another, okay? He, you know, he just says here a little bit, and this is the book, Pigs, Pigs in the Paul, I really recommend it. But he says, um, one of the gifts of the Spirit is prophecy. The scripture says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, Romans 12, 6. And he talks about there's a demon of doubt and unbelief that can block your flow of faith and then stop prophecy. And so I want you to read the book. I want you to start looking at this. When we start getting in groups again in February, I want you to be able to talk about some of these things. Start writing down, where is it that you can't flow, that it just doesn't flow out of you. You don't know why it gets blocked there. And this is even for young people. All of you guys, you guys should be prophesying. You should be, yeah, you could, you could have lunchtime. All the kids in the school would line up to get demons cast out of them. You guys could be the most popular people in the school. Or godly counsel, kids are hurting. They want answers. And, and you can be light and darkness. That's what we're called to be. All right. So anyway, so you can deal with these things. You can deal with unbelief. You can deal with doubt. Many times they're demons, and you've got to recognize that and start seeing that. So that's something to, to check in your own life. Check, right? Take some time this week and write down the fruit of the Spirit. Write down the gifts of the Spirit. You're big boys and girls now. You can look those up. And just write them out. And then just say, okay, how does this flow in my life? Is there, is there something that's blocking this? Is there something that's hindering this? Is there something on this that's not right? Okay, and just kind of take inventory. And if you don't know, then just put a question mark. If you know that you know, no, I know I flow there really good. I know it, it you know, um, there's not a problem there. Just really, just be honest as you can about it and recognize if there's a spirit involved. 
and and then we can you can get those out because when we get to a chapter i think next week or the following week it's going to tell you how to get these things out of yourself so we'll get to that all right i do like where he talks about you can if you have a demon of resentment let me just say this um i know i have a teaching out there on all this so you guys can look it up but basically the scriptures call demons a few things they're foul spirits unclean spirits um evil spirits uh, spirit of infirmity spirit of fear I don't even know if, if there's actually the word spirit attached to anything else. There may be, but if you actually look it up, they're not zillions of names. So when you look at the book, or even when I'm talking, a lot of times people will say spirit, meaning demonic spirit, and what that spirit seems to operate in. So if it's a spirit of resentment, then you realize you're very resentful. If it's a spirit of rejection, but it's there's not a demon who's called, oh, you're a spirit of rejection. You can, all you can do is make people feel rejected. Oh, you're a spirit of resentment. No, they're evil spirits. They're either foul, unclean, evil. Um, there's not that many words for them. And so when we do the seminar, we'll talk about that more. And I know I already have this teaching out there. And so we want to uncomplicate some of this, okay? It's just a fallen angel who is now a demon who is invisible and they're, they could pack a bunch of them in one person because they don't take up any real space. And um, they're empowered by our unbelief. They're empowered by our sin. They're empowered by our words and how much we believe them and give them to them. And so that's what makes them strong in us. So what does the Bible say? You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. So in every area of deliverance, you need to go after truth. So if you hear a spirit that's saying, um, you'll never be loved by God, or you'll never flow in this, okay? Stop a minute and say, is God going to talk to his son and daughter like that? You're not going to talk to your child like that, I hope, or you need deliverance. God's not going. He's, he's greater than us as a parent. He's a better father than we could be. So he's never going to reject you. He's, he's, he, he, he paid for your rejection by being completely rejected so you don't have to be. So, you, so if you hear rejection, no, this isn't coming from God. Now, it could be coming from you, which means you need to get your soul to line up with what God says, which is why you renew your mind, okay? So you need to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to self-reject anymore. Now, if it still happens, then it's a spirit. Like you've already agreed, hey, you know, I don't agree with that. I'm, you know, my soul's not going to agree with that. I'm going to speak what God says to speak. I've renewed my mind. I know truth now, right? If even after knowing truth, something still tries to torment you in an area, that's where you want to cast it out. And really, anybody can cast anything out if you recognize it and hate it. You just cast it out in the name of Jesus, and you know what that means. And we have teaching on that. We'll go over that on the seminar. And by the blood of the Lamb, okay? In other words, what he paid for redeems you, sets you free. He came and he did destroy the works of the enemy. But we have free will choice to agree with the enemy. If I agree with the enemy, if I participate with the enemy, if I think... If I use it as an excuse, then I'm, the enemy is going to continue to work. If I think what I have is God, but it's actually the enemy, it's going to lead to a lot of confusion and torment. And that's really big in the church these days. And so you're going to have to really seek the Lord about that. And we have a lot of teaching to help there. And we'll even uh, minister to people and talk to people, do retreats, all that kind of thing. All right. Also, if you open the door to the occult. So I know we've talked about this um, but you need to really take some time. Did you ever watch movies about witchcraft? Like Bewitched was a movie about witchcraft. If you look over history, my generation opened some of these doors, not me personally necessarily, but, but if I don't repent from watching Bewitched, I can't actually expect grandchildren to repent from uh, being drawn to Harry Potter. So if, our gener if my generation doesn't go back and break these generational things off, then, then that's how I'll have authority, okay? And I don't even know all the junk in between because I've been walking with the Lord so long, but whoever, there's probably been a lot of really terrible television and things in the last 30 years that each generation needs to spend time repenting and renouncing and repenting and renouncing and hating. And so we want that to really be something that's going on because this isn't funny. I, I had a, a woman one time, a young girl, real sweet. She was raised in a Christian home, um, she loved the Lord, 
really pretty girl. I, I think she was just starting college. And she was having horrible tormenting nightmares, horrible tormenting nightmares, like horrible murder scenes and just so full of fear. And she came in and we, we found out that she had gone to some horror movies in high school because all of her friends were doing it. And it didn't affect them that way, but it did her. And so she really renounced it, hated it, broke the power of it, told the Lord, I'll never go back to watch anything like that again. I won't be drawn there again. Saw why she went with her friends and she got free. And she was able to finish out college without having to be on meds and all the other kind of stuff that's happening with these spiritual attacks. So this stuff is really important. You need to break generational curses. You need to look into your ancestry. If, you know, so many people, boy, I get in trouble for this stuff. So many people want it to identify with their African heritage when people were really starting to get set free from all the, the bondages and things. But if I identify with my African heritage, if I was African, uh, then I also open the door for all the witchcraft that's been operating in that heritage for years. And I have a really big story. I can't tell you. Remind me to tell you this one on one of the beginning things. Maybe I'll tell you next week. But I saw where my heritage of my mother and my grandmother and all of them have always talked about our Indian heritage, not from India, but from Native Americans. And I, I got a big story on that one. It's a really big story. Actually, it tried to kill my son. I'll tell you that one. Remind me, maybe next Tuesday night. But anyway, so I had to really repent of how did that door open. I'll tell you all that next week. I don't really have time to do that. All right. So there's a lot to do. Okay. Oh, this is well, the devil didn't mess you up overnight. Get over yourself thinking you should be able to get free one day and then law die out of here and keep doing the mess you're doing. Part of this walk is Holy Spirit sanctifying us, making us holy vessels to be the bride of Christ. Would you understand that? Nowadays, boy, before a wedding, they spend a year preparing and buying and tasting and parties. It's like, good gracious people. And yet the church doesn't even want more than a three-hour seminar to say, well, I've already done that. I hope people, I've already gone through that. I went to a, through a somebody's meeting. I'm like, isn't that amazing? I've been doing this for 20-some years, every Tuesday nights and conferences and going to things, and God's still dealing with heart issues. And I'm not a slow learner. I actually did very well in school, just so you know. All right. So we got to be free from everything in the occult. These are all things when we get into groups you ought to do. These are all things you should go home and do. When you see these in this book and your home, that's where it's just, if you really want to be free, you'll sit there and you'll say, I want to be free from this. Okay, okay. All our, our identities need to be in Christ. And it doesn't matter where your identity is until you're in Christ, except for if you identify with something really demonic and negative, you're going to have more messed up thinking. But my, when I say identity, the Bible says, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So my identity is as a new creation in Christ Jesus. What exactly is that new creation? Christ lives inside of me. Does everybody get how cool that is? The very power of God, the spirit of God. Jesus couldn't wait for this moment. He, ran, he, he hung on that cross, tortured, tormented, made fun of, mocked, everything. Just thinking, boy, when this is over, that veil is going to be torn. And the separation between God and human beings is over. We can have a relationship with you. We can come and live inside of you by the Spirit. None of this can happen if you're not born again. Just so you know, you, you can go to any church you want, but that you're not a Christian. You're seriously not a Christian because of what church you go to. You're a Christian if you accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and you invited him to come into your life and change you. And there's real fruit to that. It's not an altar call that you go up because everybody, there's no altar call in the Bible, by the way. It says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I got a whole teaching on what is the heart. Well, if I have to believe with my heart, I need to know what it is. I'm not going to tell you. You've got to go listen to the teaching on that. I can't teach everything in one night. Anyhow, all right. So there's rejection. There's resentment. One thing you have to do is you have to get free from unforgiveness. Why? Because the Father says, if you do not forgive, you are not forgiven. And one reason people are turned over to the tormentor who maybe weren't before 
is God will do everything he can by his Holy Spirit to bring you into a place to forgive. He'll give you seasons and times and teachings and books and you'll hear this. But eventually you'll have to be turned over to the tormentor, so to speak, so that you'll really get serious about forgiving. One of the reasons we can count it all joy on various trials is number one, we can't go through them unless Satan has a legal right to bring them on us, except for persecution for righteousness sake. But all the rest, there is some reason Satan is doing that to you. And if you go deep to get free, many times you'll find out what that reason is and you'll find the, the place where you have unforgiveness or you judge someone. I can't get into all that. We got lots of teaching on this. But when you recognize that's plundering the house, okay? That's, that's why Jesus spoke to the woman at the well and told her her whole life story, okay? You have to really see this is a big deal. It's a big deal that Holy Spirit lives in us and he wants to cleanse us and sanctify us and make us holy to be the bride. He has that determination. He's not as concerned with where you live and what you do and how great your natural life is. He's much more concerned with you being ready for the King of Kings. Okay, that's what his, his thing is, oh man, they're not going to like this. Jesus says, I promise you, you'll have troubles tomorrow. Don't worry about it because Holy Spirit's going to show you what to do when you need to do it. We have to learn to live like that. We have to learn to live that today God's going to probably reveal something to me. He promised me troubles. How many can say, gosh, about every day that promise comes true, but he does it so we can count it all joy because he's going to change us in the midst of those things. Okay. I'm, this isn't like, I'm going to suffer for Christ. No, I'm suffering because I got junk in my heart that needs to get out. The only exception to that is persecution for righteousness sake, which brings a spirit of glory into your life. And every single person who's really in the Bible who, who per, were persecuted for righteousness sake were th in love with Jesus and never moaned or groaned, complained or tried to get out of it. They'd let him kill them and they'd smile. How many know the church in America isn't ready for that? How many know we want to be? How many know we want to be? And never think about it. You only get the grace you need when you need it. I can't think of the grace that Corey Tenenbaum had to go through to be in the Holocaust. You can't think of the grace that I had to have to sing at my daughter's funeral and to... Um, get completely set free the night she died. You can't think of that. You're not supposed to. You can't figure it out. That's what grace is. Grace is an impossible thing for us to do without God. It's everything he is, all his power, all his authority, everything he has, he pours into us by his spirit that we can have the grace we need. We can have everything we need to have the promises of God. Every promise is yes and amen with God. Every one of them is for every single person. It's just, we've really been on the lazy path on this thing. We want the reader digest version of the scriptures instead of what God says in his word and the Holy Spirit revealing that to us. Nothing to me personally, my favorite, favorite thing uh, with God is when his spirit teaches me his word with the Bible open, showing me that and his spirit saturates me with his presence. And I know that that word is getting into my spirit in a powerful way. And I know that I'm going to preach like I preach without notes, without even having a clue what I'm saying much of the time because God has placed that in me when, when I'm reading his word, not when I'm preparing a message because I almost never do that, but I've learned. It's because I, I sit with the Lord even the other night. I said, Lord, just get, last night, this was just last night. I said, just give me something for me, something I never need to preach. I never need to teach. I never, just something for me. And he gave me something in Psalms. He gave me one that said, oh, then I got greedy. I said, can I have another one? And another one was about Friday night's intercession. But anyhow, but, but it's like that heart that just wants that relationship with him. I just want him. And that I share that or pour that out is because he's called me to do that. But because I just have that gifting, I can't shut up about things. I've got to tell you. I've got to tell someone what he does. And I want it to be new. I want it to be now he's showing me. I want... I want a fresh word from God every single day because he is the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. And then he is now seated at the right hand of the father. And it's by his word. If, if you like somebody prophesying over you more than you like his word, you're off track. 
You know, it says prophecy will cease, all those things will cease, but his word will never cease because he is the word. Whatever we do after the thousand year millennium is also going to be because he's the word. And we'll have the revelation we need for that when we walk with him that way. Okay, I got to hurry up. All right. So read some of these. Deal with so how you can tell if it's oppression, how there's hindrance to these gifts, and really go after that. So make sure you rid yourself of everything you've invited in through the occult. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and call to your remembrance. Okay, this is a big one. Ask the Holy Spirit. So these are things you all should be doing every single week as we do this if you really want to get to some place of victory. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and call to your remembrance every door that has been opened by you or others throughout your life. And he'll, he'll, he'll bring these things back to you. I was talking to somebody today about something they walked through and, and they didn't walk through it correctly years ago. And some of the things I ministered then wasn't um, correctly. There was no bad intention on my part. There was no uh, bad intention on their part, but it didn't matter. We went through something and we, we, I missed it in some areas and they missed it in all areas. And, and now we need to deal with that. We need to deal with that because if the enemy wants to try to do that kind of thing again or use me incorrectly again or whatever. See, repentance is an awesome gift, okay? It's not, oh, you're so bad. It's like, it's like, oh, you're not perfect. Shock, shock, shock. Let me look around. Where's that perfect person? So, so it's so, repentance is awesome. But when the enemy wants to come back and try something that wasn't done correctly the first time, we want every single door closed of the wrong way we thought about God, the wrong things we blame, the wrong advice we, anything. You understand what I'm saying? Now I'm telling you, a lot of you got a lot to do, okay? A lot of you have a lot to do. A lot of people watching and listening, there's a lot to do. Well, get off social media, except for watching this, and um, long enough to do this stuff. Gosh, this might take two hours a day. Good, good. Set aside two hours a day just for this kind of thing. It's amazing how many people will pay a truckload of money or their insurance will to go and sit and talk to a counselor or psychiatrist or a doctor or take pills and meds and go to the hospital and get all these tests and have all these physical problems. Who will say, well, I don't have time for that. Well, it's going to take your time one way or the other. I think I'd rather take my time while I'm healthy and have a sound mind and um, can easily hear from God. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. He goes on. He talks about unforgiveness, and we talked about that, resentment. Um, he talks about rejection. He calls it a spirit. I don't know if it's a spirit, but the demons will set you up to be rejected. Doesn't that make more sense? Demonic spirits will set you up to be rejected. Okay, and then when you reject it, demonic spirits will come in to tell you what to do with it. So you have to, everybody's, that's why you can't make formulas. People will deal with rejection a different way. One person will be, I'll show you. I'll never, you know, you know, I'll do this or I'll do that. Somebody else will be like, well, I'll just, I'll be afraid of ever making somebody mad at me again. So it doesn't matter. The key is the enemy attacked and you respond it. And unless you respond it led by Holy Spirit, how many know you messed up? So that's the part you have to go back and ask God to forgive you and ask God to set you free and help you. All right. Chapter five. So I like what he says here at the very beginning. This is once again, uh, Pigs in the Parlor Handbook for Deliverance. Now, most of what I'm sharing is not in this book. That's why I'm putting this out there. I want you to use this book as a guide you can read. I don't need to tell you what you're already able to read, okay? I'm telling you personal experience of what God has done. I'm trying to kind of go by the chapters just to keep an outline for what we're doing. So demons are evil personalities. But let me tell you this. Uh, the demons can also manifest as intellectual personalities, as um, kind personalities. So when, we, when he says evil personalities, it doesn't mean he's gonna always, they're not going to always make you evil. They can make you um, the best of the best. Most of the world leaders who are moving in an antichrist spirit did, did not get into those positions because of evil personalities. But they got into those positions because an evil spirit got into them to manipulate and control and to set an agenda to even look good to people. Okay, Satan can come as an angel of light. So don't get that confused. Well, 
you know, if I don't have any bad traits, then it must not be demons. No, you can be really smart and really helpful and everything else. The whole, the whole new age thing, the whole yoga thing, the whole, um, all that kind of Hollywood Scientology, all that kind of stuff is actually a counterfeit of good. It's not a counterfeit of, of evil, but it's evil good. <laughs> it's very evil good. And it's very deceptive. And all the kids think this is something they're teaching it in schools. And we just had a powerful deliverance. I talked about this sometime this week. We saw a woman get rid of over 471 demons in about a 45 minute, maybe even a half hour time. Uh, the other night, who was really hungry to get free. All of them came in through yoga. All of them came in through her studying it, going to India, wanting to be a part of it. And anybody who would know her and see her would say, she's so nice, she's so, and she is. And she's so hungry for God. And she was ready. I mean, she went and threw away things that needed to be thrown away. She renounced things. And Karen and I had to laugh. We went to do, to cleanse her house. And I don't think it was just from that. There had to be some unbelievable stuff that happened in the house. We never felt so many demons ever in my life. I, there, I felt stronger spirits. Like at the University of Yale was one of the biggest spirits I've ever felt when I crossed into Delaware was a really big spirit. And Russia had a really gigantic spirit. That communist spirit's really strong. But to be in somebody's house, this was wild. I'm telling wild stories. This, was, this just happened like a week ago. So we went in, we told those demons they had to leave in Jesus' name. And she had already announced that she was ready to throw anything out, all this stuff. We had the oil and all that. No, she had olive oil, so we asked her for olive oil. And the Lord said, open the door and tell them to go in my name. Now, this is wild, but this really happened. <laughs> so I opened the door and I said, in the name of Jesus, leave. Oh, my gosh. You can ask Karen. It was, everybody keeps saying, Karen does this with me a lot. That's why I say, ask Karen, not that you don't believe me. We literally felt like a gigantic, it would be like if a bunch of birds flew past you, but you could feel they're leaving. You could feel it. You, we felt them, and they, they swerved around and came right through the door, and the Holy Spirit had me do a manifestation. I was like leaning, and I was like leaning in a way, be kind of hard to lean. It was hilarious, and then we had some signs and wonders and some sound effects. We won't talk about that, of them leaving. It was so powerful, and it was thousands of them. I mean, it was just went on and on. I think, oh, I got to get home. Come on, I got church tonight, and they kept going, and I didn't want to get stuck in the tunnel coming from the Outer Banks, and they kept going and going and going and going and going and going until you're really thinking, oh my gosh, and I'm like, what on earth happened in this place? But we think there was Satanism in that place before this person lived there because she said the way it was decorated and stuff and it always felt dark. So all that happened, all that happened. And um, so finally that stopped. We're like, oh, praise God. It was quite an exit of all those things. So we sent them to the dry places, to the pit, and we said, ask that they get the punishment of Satan. Ho! on the day of judgment because I just like doing that. And everybody, well, where's that in the Bible? Ask anything, believing without doubt, and it'll be done by your Father in heaven. And I'm pretty sure about that one anymore. I, I think it's going to be so fun. Whenever they get their judgments and all the demons are looking around like, why are we all here? And I, you are a spirit of this, and I were a spirit of this, and you were just a lying spirit. What do we all have in common that we're all sitting here? And then I think the Heavenly Father is going to say, Cindy, my daughter, my beautiful daughter, come up here. Now, where are all those other people who heard what you said and thought it was a good idea. You guys come up to him. We'll all be piling up there. And he goes, see all these demons? You asked if I'd give them the punishment of Satan on Judgment Day. They didn't know if I would. But you really believed me. And we're going to watch all of them screaming. And everyone that's ever hurt us, anyone that's ever bound us, anyone that's attacked us and attacked our families, we're going to, everyone that had anything to do with the, uh, C word of 2020, anyone that had anything to do with the ouch, if anybody did that mess on time. I mean, we're going to watch them squealing and screaming in terror. Won't it be fun? Anyhow, so I just believe it. it. It scares the heck out of them when they hear us even talk about it. I want them to be more afraid to give me a bad dream I think a bunch of them goes AWOL. I almost never have issues like that. Unless I get out of God's will a little bit. And um, anyway, that's another whole story. But anyhow, I, I got a really wild story about the spirit of mischief. I'll share one time when we get to that. Anyway, all right. So these demons, they're going to, when it tempts you, he says in the first paragraph, deceive you, accuse you, condemn you, pressure you, defile you, resist you, oppose you, control you, still afflict, kill, and destroy. 
And Jesus said it very simple. They come to kill, steal, and destroy. So really recognize they're not your friends. No matter what, they're not your friends. I remember we did a deliverance on a guy. It took like 45 minutes. It's another wild story we'll tell sometime. I'm sure it's somewhere on our mentorship page. But when it got down to the very end and this person was about to get free from hundreds and hundreds of demons, some really big ones, <laughs> the thanks started talking to him and, go, and talks to him and says the person's name and said, tell them, let's say the guy's George, tell him, George, you want us. Tell him, George, you want us. <laughs> and I laugh and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I don't even care if George wants you, you're coming out, but he doesn't want you. And they had to leave. So they're actually negotiating with this person who hosted them and made them think they were tough and strong and they took it in to try to protect themselves. And when we did all this deliverance and got it down to the wire, they're like, okay, George, tell them you want us. Tell them you want us. And it's like this weak little pitiful thing begging for this person to give them permission to stay. I'm not making stuff up. I have witnesses to everything I'm telling anybody here. And I'm just... A nice lady. I didn't try to do this. I didn't step out to do this. I just found out how real God is. And I love him. And I obey him. And I hate devils. I hate everything of the enemy. Everything. That's why I'm not tempted to sin. I'm not tempted to watch garbage. I'm not tempted. The devil may try, but I love God too much. And if I have to tell my flesh, stop it. I'm going to tell my flesh to stop it by God's grace. So we talk about they come through open doors. So I want you to get this. Young people get this. When you look at TikTok, something gross, you just opened a door. Whether you like it or not, you know, I can take all those demons out one day when you really want God. But why go through torment? Why go through shame? Why go through condemnation? Why get in the wrong marriage relationships? Why get in the wrong boyfriend or girlfriend relationships? Why, ha you know, why go through all that mess when Jesus came so we don't have to? Especially kids who've had it so good and so protected. One day we'll let some of the people tell some of their testimonies, some of the younger people, what they've gone through and how much they love Jesus because he healed them and set them free and took away the bitterness. We are so spoiled in this country for the most part. But we're going to have kids coming out of trafficking and stuff who are going to need some real ministry. There's too many kids and people nowadays in this country who aren't living the cute American dream. And the church had better be ready. All right, so open doors or anything that you do. I do like what he says here. You can't get a demon by accidentally bumping into something. You have to open a door, okay? You have to open a door. All right. He goes on, he talks about, so sin is a door that opens. Everybody can figure that one out. Um, I want you to study uh, Galatians, the fifth chapter of Galatians. You'll see the works of the flesh. Every one of these opens the door to demonic um, spirits getting in you. Adultery, fornication. How many knows that that's a lot of people in our entire culture? And whatever place you are at in your life, if you open those doors, you have to seriously hate it, resent it. I mean, renounce it, hate it, and command it to go. You can't just look at, well, that's what everybody did then. Well, that's what happened. Okay, you can't blame it on somebody else if you had any part in it. Okay, I won't say this, but I'll say it some other time. I'll get on some other teaching. There's a lot of things called um, date rape, which it wasn't date rape. It was people went too far, and then they started feeling guilty, and then they said this little wimpy no. Now, that's not always the case, but it's a lot of the case. And so the blood's got to cover your wimpy no. The blood's got to cover why were you in that situation. The blood's got to cover why weren't you modest like the Bible says. Why did you, the Bible says, tells the women that they really need to know that you don't want to trigger this kind of activity, yet you're dressing like that, doing this and that. And you're not going to stand before God and he's just going to take the, um, the cultural lies about it. So there's true repentance that needs to come to protect us, to get, um, to get these things out and to get our children free and our grandchildren free. And, and to help our culture turn around. We've got to get serious and close these doors that have been opened culturally. A lot of these doors have been opened cult culturally. All right. And he talks about, um, so he talks about 
adultery, fornication, witchcraft, hatred, wrath, strife, envy, and murders, and drunkenness. Every one of these on the mentorship page is talked about in detail and how to get free from every one of those things. Um, what happens when your sin gives into flesh, and if you do it more than once or you do it against your conscience, the enemy can come in. And then he'll set up a pattern of this abuse and he'll start to justify it in your head and all this kind of stuff. All right. He talks about if you don't forgive, you're turned over to the tormentors. So if you have torment going on in your lives and your dreams and your thinking, really ask the Holy Spirit, where did I not forgive? Forgiveness is not just saying it, okay? You have to forgive with your heart, just like you have to believe with your heart. Anybody can mimic a prayer. That's not forgiveness. And I, I've got powerful teaching on forgiveness. I think, I, I think God's given me some of the most powerful preaching and teaching on forgiveness of anybody. So I don't have time for it now. Hopefully we'll go over it during the conference coming up or the seminar. I know it's on the mentorship. I know it's on YouTube teaching. I know it's all over the place, how to forgive. And so you need to get a hold of that um, and, and really do that. Hopefully we'll have time. We don't have time tonight, but hopefully before we even finish this series, we'll get into that more. But you have to separate the person from the spirit. The spirit is going to go to hell, give it the punishment of Satan if you want to, if you believe, and then forgive the person. Because if that demon, if there was no sin and that demon wasn't operating, they would not do that. And so you have to, the spirit, the demons, you take authority over, you send them to the pit, you have authority and you can hate them. You can hate evil. The person you have to put in the hands of God. They're his son. They're his daughter. And if you talk to someone who has a child who did something horrible and they're in prison, they still, most Christian parents still love them. They forgive them and they pray for them. How much more our Heavenly Father, no matter how bad someone has done something. We cannot let hate get in. So we have to forgive, all right? Um, so we don't want to be turned over to tormentors. Um, it is up to parents to protect your children and we live in it. So parent, so kids who can't stand your moms and your dads because they won't let you have your cell phone or anything you want. And they put parental guides on. Too bad. Parents, okay, I'm, I'm kind of overseeing everything. I'm my kid's best friend. Don't be your kid's best friend until your kid is a grown-up living for God. Amen. All right? And you may never be their best friend. He didn't ask you to be their best friend. He asked you to be their parent. Okay? He wants you to be their parent. And they're going to probably say, I hate you sometimes. Well, then punish them for saying they hate because they shouldn't hate anybody. Don't try to be their friend. When you're trying to be your kid's friend, it's because you are hurt and you need healing. I see little parents post pictures of their little kids and I go, they're my best friend. Well, something's wrong. Get healed. You don't have children so you can have a best friend. Children should only come out of a relationship that's love-based is not always true and that's we have teaching on that but the bottom line is once you have that child you're going to stand before God and talk about how you raised that child and how you trained them up in the things of God and how you punished them in a godly way to change the behavior you never punish because you're angry all punishment is to change the behavior that we we need to know there's consequences for our behavior your kids need to know that early Really early, they need to know there's consequences for this kind of behavior. That's to help train their souls. That's to help them learn to discipline their flesh. And you'll pay, everybody will be accountable for that, even those who aren't saved. They'll have to stand before God and say, what did they do with that gift of being a parent? And so, parents, we need to take this really serious because a lot of people have um, gotten too busy. Our culture shows that our nation has walked away from what God calls important and what God calls us to do. There's nothing a parent, um, a man, a father or a mother, there's nothing more important that you'll ever do in your entire life than parent your children. There's nothing more important. The only thing you can take to heaven with you are people, and that's if they find God and know God and walk with God. And nothing would be worse than getting to heaven and your children, I won't say, there would be things that could be worse, but it would be really bad to get to heaven and your children not get there because you didn't parent them, because you didn't 
uh, let me see, this is not your fault. All the get, they can find God anyway. But, and even as adults, you can begin to pray for kids you, that you've messed up. You can begin to ask God for mercy. You can break the power of things. And we got lots of teaching. I think we had a conference on that not too long ago, how to intercede and pray for a grown child who's not living for God. And, and there's specific ways to do all this. I don't see how any Christian can be bored. I don't see how any Christian can be bored. When you go for a walk, which you should, it's good exercise, put on some teaching tape, put on something, put on praise music. When you're cleaning the house, do it. When you're mowing the lawn, we don't have time. We don't have time to be wasting time. But also spend um, real time with your kids. I used to be so, um, what was the word, um, self-absorbed. I didn't know it. And so I, I sit there and my kids, and I wasn't really listening, and they knew it, and I had to repent. I had to ask them to forgive me. And, 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 um, and we're, now that they're grown, we're really good friends, and they can tell me anything, and they do, but it's not that codependent thing. Don't, don't let them tell you, you know, you don't want your kids telling you stuff about their spouses and all that aren't good. You want them to talk to their friends or talk to somebody. You don't want to get in the middle of these family situations. Sometimes you have no choice. But then you need to have wisdom from God what to do. Anyway, that's all teaching. That's all. Get on the mentorship. I can't get another. Okay. Um, he does talk about in here, and it's true. When you're doing deliverance and when you're asking God yourself about how do you get free, start with your childhood. Really start with your childhood and, and get rid of all the fluffy stuff to make everything okay and ask God, what happened to me? And, and where were these situations? Don't put anybody on a pedestal. I got teaching on that too. And um, really spend time with God with this. We have lots of teaching, you guys, on the mentorship thing. Over 300 hours to go through every one of these things I'm talking about and a lot more. And it's worth your time. It's worth your time. You know what areas you need to deal with. Because usually what you do is you just shove it away or pretend it doesn't hurt or you take on something to pretend it doesn't hurt. You don't want to lose your sound mind. You don't want get to get dementia or, dementia or something else later because you wouldn't deal with an issue. You don't want to give your mind over to the enemy by not dealing with stuff. And that, we got to teach on that too. All right. So um, you've also got um, inheritance issues. Um, you have curses where they said, you're going to be just like me. There was somebody in my family and every time they were angry and really acting very demonic, they would look at me and say, you're going to be just like me. And I had to go, and I would say right then, I didn't know the Lord. I said, no, I'm not. But I said it in a judgmental thing, you know, which can make it happen if I'm not. And I know when I grew up older and I'd see myself freaking out, like I saw this person do in my life, I remember I just stopped. So you don't have to have good teaching to do this. I just knew, no, God, I don't want that. I, I was hardly knew God, hardly at all. I said, God, I don't want to be the parent who screams and yells at my kid. I don't want to be the parent who blames them when, when something's going wrong with me, when I'm not on time or whatever. And I just, I, I don't want to be the parent who shakes my kid. I don't want to be the parent who screams and yells at my kid or hits my kid. And I remember literally putting my daughter down in her car seat and going in the house and sitting her in um, her car seat because I knew she was safe in there. And I just went and started crying out to God. I said, Lord, get this out of me. I didn't even know what it was. I said, I don't want this. I know it's what I judged in my mom. I didn't know about the word judge then. I said, no, God, I don't want this. I knew it was a spirit. I knew it took over me. I knew it was trying to cause me to have this anger and repeat some of the history that had happened in my life. That helped me to forgive. Because I realized if I didn't want to do it, they didn't want to do it. But they didn't know what I know in Christ. They didn't know. They probably didn't even know Christ at all when they were doing these things. And so, so forgiveness gets really real when you deal with you. When you deal with you. And if you don't deal with you, you're going to do the very same things. You're going to do the very same things that you hated. You're going to find yourself doing it in one form or another because that's legal. The enemy can make you what you've judged no matter how much you want to make it look cute and happy to, to the outside world. And so it's time to get, I call it get raw and real. Get raw and real. You and God deal with this stuff. So, um, so if somebody says you're going to be just like me, can, can we get rid of this stuff where you're the little, what do they call it, mini me? Break the power of that. He didn't make them a mini you. He made them in his image and his likeness. We're, we're going to have such messed up. We have such messed up kids. 
the generation that's coming now and their kids and the parents so messed up because it's so self-centered. It's so selfies. Just the whole idea of having to have selfies all the time is, is biblical about the end times of something evil. They're not you. Quit saying that. I see people, they're not my little mini me. And I know that person does drugs. I know that person had gotten a sexual sin. I know that person had done this and that person had done this. Stop it. Break the power that you just released all that junk on that kid. You can say, oh, it's awesome that God made them to look like me as far as my eyes or whatever, okay? But don't make them little me-me-me's or mini-me's or whatever. That is demonic. Wow, she's so picky. No, she, I get how the enemy works, and we don't want this next generation. It's got to come to a generation so evil at some point and the bride getting so right that God says, okay, enough. We've brought everyone in who's going to come in, and now we're out of here. So evil's going to get really dark, but the light's going to get bright to rescue people who will listen. All right, we're almost finished. All right. So you have to break the power of it. Um, it talks about the enemy can get fear in you. And I was just talking to those of you who know um, Monica, who's part of this ministry. She had um, some generational curses from her Puerto Rican background. And she had a grandmother way back who used to be in some witchcraft and um, would really make voodoo dolls and all this stuff. Anyways, whole story. But she was having these symptoms of heart attacks a long time ago. And it really was because of some voodoo that was going on. So she broke the power and all of it. But it began to bring anxiety on her. And so she's been to the doctor. She's done all this thing. I mean, this stuff started when she was in her 30s, I think. And um, so she's been to the doctor. She's done all these things. Her heart's perfectly fine. So every time she steps out to do what God wants, the devil tries to stop her with this. And her husband's been really cool now. Like he's like, you know, we've already had this checked out. We've already gone to every doctor you've, but this is spiritual. So he starts praying for her. So when I saw this in this book that he said he cast out the demon of heart attack against himself. Now, remember, it would be a demon of infirmity. But see, I actually, I would call it a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear is a real spirit. Okay, perfect love cast out fear. So when I don't trust God, when I don't know how true he is to his word, when I don't realize how good he is, a spirit of fear can make what happens to me seem more real than what God says. And so because she's had those attacks, that spirit of fear of having a heart attack is there. See, that's not from the generational curse. That's not from the stuff that happened. See, Satan does the stuff, you guys. He'll layer stuff so you think, I've done that, I've done that. Well, if it's still bothering you, you haven't done all of it yet, okay? You haven't plundered all of it. And the devil can put new stuff there. Everything doesn't go back to 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Some stuff you might have got last week, okay? Or your last trial you went through. Whatever trial you go through and you don't get the victory, like you really don't get the victory and it didn't go the way it should have based on God's word, that's an area you need inner healing or healing the brokenhearted place. That's an area where you need to go through and think, what did this make me think about God? What does this make me think about myself? What wrong doctrine did I get into? How did I handle this? What do I do? And you got to get it all cleaned up. Dag, this looks like it's going to take some time. You know, if you learned to do this and you did this as a daily part of life, it wouldn't take that much time. It's not his fault that you haven't taken seriously what his word says about these things or come. I've been doing this for uh, 25 years or more. And we've been having meetings for 25 years doing this exact thing. And the place isn't full and some of you weren't here. I'm not saying it's just like it's available if you're hungry for it. And we're going to see more and more people really wanting this because God is drawing people into that place of being ready for the return of Christ. So Lord, I thank you that people are going to go home and they're going to find just uh, a freedom from a generational curse. They're just going to see this. They're going to hate it, renounce it. And it'll be gone just like that in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. People are going to begin to plunder these demons out that the enemy's done. They're going to really take time. And Holy Spirit, you are their teacher. Holy Spirit, you're the one that's going to lead them into all truth. We just give you praise for who you are. And Lord, we thank you that our identity is in you. We thank you that you're going to do a powerful work in us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've been sent to live inside of us, to make us holy because our God is holy, to get rid of all evil in us and to change all the way that we think that doesn't agree with what you say in the word of God. And so, Lord, we thank you for this awesome privilege of being um, 
filled with your spirit. We think of this awesome privilege of knowing Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit. We ask you to really let us have ears to hear what you're saying to us. Let us have eyes to see what you want us to see and set us free from all the things that you already know are in us. And Lord, as you begin to point these out, let us joyfully kick those things out in Jesus' name. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.